Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. So Jesus, we again thank you for tonight, and we just ask for your blessing, God, as I share tonight. Lord, I pray that many people would be inspired and encouraged and challenged, God, um, by the word that I feel like you've put on my heart tonight, Lord, that you would help me communicate effectively the things that you have uh, for me to share tonight. We ask that you would just speak to us your truth. You would speak to each of us personally tonight and that um, you would make it applicable to our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So the title of my message is The Preeminence of Devotion. And I, Derek asked me to share... Um, for Friday. And so I was going on a run earlier this week and just like, Lord, what I share about. And I just felt like the Lord just really put this word on my, my heart and the importance of this message, especially in the day and the hour that we live in. And it's just was just like this passion that's always been a, a passion of mine is just devotion and seeking God and intimacy with Jesus. It's just always I've, I've carried it for so long, but I just felt like the Lord was rehighlighting it to me and wanted me to share this with you guys tonight because you know obviously it's disturbing looking around at what's going on around the world and there's so much um, obviously just just disheartening stuff going on. And we, we want to be Christians that can stand firm on the word of God, that can be bold in our faith in the midst of trials and tribulation, and we, that we just know God and who he is and that we have a deep intimacy with the Lord, you know? You know, and there's so many voices also that are trying to come at us. There's voices on social media and the news outlets and voices and articles and, I mean... And really, there's one voice that matters, and that's Jesus and what he's saying. And we can hear his voice when we spend time with him. And, you know, there's prophets. There's true and false prophets. There's those that preach the feel-good messages and don't really communicate Bible truths. So we need to be aware that there are false, you know, prophets out there. And that the way that we can be aware of that is by knowing what the Word of God says. And there's conspiracies and misinformation. So it's just... One of those things that I'm just passionate about, like let's be people that have a devotional life and know the word of God. So um, so when I, I did Fire in the Night back when I was like 18 and 19 years old, which was where I would go to Kansas City International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I did Fire in the Night, so I prayed from midnight until 6 a.m., and uh, I remember when I was down there, uh, Mike Bickle was teaching on the end times and speaking a lot about the book of Revelation, about the seals and the trumpets and the bulls. And I remember just spending time with the Lord one night or morning, whatever you want to say it, um, when I was just with him, just reading through the book of Revelation. And 
I was just overwhelmed. You know, there's a lot in the book of Revelation that like, this is really going to happen, Lord. Like, this is serious. Like, what is this even talking about? And I just felt this like sense of just being overwhelmed. And I, and there's this uh, question that Mike Bickle would ask. He said, you know, hey, if these things are true, like what the book of Revelation says, how then shall we live? And I just took that to the Lord in prayer. Like, Lord, if this is what I'm reading is true, like, how then shall I live? Like, this is serious. Like, I, the Lord was just, was just awakening my heart, my passion for him at this time. And I just felt like the Lord answered answer that question by really emphasizing the necessity of intimacy and of devotion. And then he spoke this phrase into my spirit. He said that intensity with me or um, intimacy with me is what will help you sustain intensity. And I just felt like, so intimacy with me sustains intensity. That was the phrase. So I felt like from that, from what the Lord shared with me, was that like the way to live um, an intentional, focused life for Christ is by having intimacy with the Lord. So if we want to run hard after Jesus and continue our faith, we have to have that intimacy with the Lord. Now, like intimacy or intensity means doing something with like great energy and effort and enthusiasm. And so it's just, it's just going, it's just being zealous. It's putting your whole heart into something and it is intense to pray. It is intense to read the word, to seek God. That is called spiritual intensity. And it's not just being passionate for a month or two or even a year or two, but it's being passionate for Jesus and intentional with our walk with him decade after decade. And I just have seen that, um, how radical that is as I've been a Christian for a while now, as I get older, just a lot of people that I know um, have kind of stopped in their walk with the Lord or kind of you know, just denied Christ altogether or just have really stopped pursuing him. But really um, being faithful to Jesus is really radical, and that's what we want to, we want that in our hearts, like, that's just what my cry of my heart, and so, you know, like, I just encourage you guys to go to God and ask him that same question, like, if these things are true, as it talks about in Revelation, and what's going on in the world, too, if, if all this stuff is, like, happening, like, how should I live, like, what's, how should I live different, are there things in my life that I go to that are above God that try to that I go to that try to you know ease come like ease the pain that I'm experiencing or things that I put above you for comfort. What are those things? Are there idols in my life that I need to get rid of? Like let's be purposeful with the one life that Jesus has given us. You know, and the way to keep our hearts on fire for the Lord is to be with the all-consuming fire, Jesus. So he, like, let's be burning and shining lamps as it talks about John was a burning and shining lamp and not just for like a day or two burning and shining lamp, but like year after year after year. Bill Johnson says this good quote. He says, royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment. Intimacy with God is my life source. I just love that because intimacy with Jesus should be what we are like what our life should be flowing from intimacy should be like the very fuel of our of our lives so like i'm like i'm saying you know just intimacy and, and being with jesus is what really he's emphasizing in this hour and you can even see like the whole bible points to this theme of intimacy and being with the lord you know starting with genesis adam and eve were in a garden and they were with god in communion and then 
obviously they ate the fruit and they took their eyes off the Lord and, and decided that they wanted to do the one thing that God said, hey, don't eat this fruit. So there, there was sin that entered, right? But Jesus, God didn't just give up hope at that point. Like he didn't give up hope for a relationship with us. If I was God, I'd be like, fine, you know, I gave you all this stuff and you decide to eat this fruit, like, you know, I'd cast you out forever. But he didn't give up hope and like on humanity, which is awesome. Like he, time and time again, throughout the whole book of, you know, all the Old Testament, he speaks through prophets just about um, like how he wants him to be our exceedingly great reward, how he wants to be number one in our lives, how he wants a relationship with us. And then also through the New Testament, Jesus coming and reconciling us to God through dying on that cross for our sins. <laughs> I think he's trying to look for you. <laughs> he's like, wait, mommy's not up here. <laughs> and um, I love John seventeen twenty four. If you guys have your Bibles or Bible apps, feel free to turn to it. Because Jesus' desire is made very clear in this uh, passage here. It says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. So this is the heart of God. There's Jesus praying in the garden before he's going to get crucified. He's saying, Father, I desire that those whom you've given me may be with me where I am. So Jesus's desire is that we would be with him. Like that is just profound. He didn't say like, Father, I desire that they would be mighty and called on fire from heaven and destroy the Antichrist and all this stuff. Like he, he wants to be with us. Like he chose to use those words because he wanted to convey to us the importance um, of us being with him and his desire and that he, he also wants us to behold his glory and that's his nature, his character, who he is. He wants us to understand him in a deep way. And I just love like, just like, just thinking about Jesus and like how powerful he is and he's got control over everything. And, um, and just the fact that he wants me, like he wants to be with me. Like that is just so profound you know, like, I don't know, have you guys ever found out someone that you like likes you back? Anyone? <laughs> That's exciting, right? And then that person might say, hey, can I, let's like get to know each other. Let's start dating and build a relationship. And that's really exciting. And then when that person asks, hey, like, let's get married. Like, that's pretty much one of the most exciting things that you could like experience. That's like the biggest compliment because someone wants to spend the rest of their earthly existence with you. Like, that's a huge compliment, right? Now, what about if someone says, hey, I want to spend all of eternity with you. Like, whoa, that is, that's amazing. Like, that's, that's really is an amazing compliment. The fact that Jesus wants to spend all of eternity with me, like, I've got some sin issues, Lord. Like, I am definitely not perfect. I, I struggle a lot, Lord, but he, he doesn't look at that. Like, he, um, he's just so, he's so forgiving and he loves us and he wants to be with us and he wants our hearts. And so like, let's just go to God when we, when we're d- just, you know, in our de- devotional life, let's go to God and just remember like, like even more than we want to be with him. Like he wants to be with us way more, like infinity times more. Okay. We're going to look at Luke chapter 10 verses 38 to 42. I'm sure you guys have read this passage or heard it preached many times. 
This is one of my favorite passages of the Bible, and there's lots of insights here. I'm just going to share a few things that I feel like the Lord is highlighting. Okay, I'm going to start reading at verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed her into, him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Okay, I love this. Okay, so, you know, obviously Martha was distracted with a lot of serving. And, you know, serving is essential. I think it's really important. But if spending time with Jesus is secondary, then it's out of place. We have to remember that. And so I love that Jesus stood up to, for Mary. He got her back. He went behind her and said, you know, hey, you know, Martha, you're troubled. But I want to tell you something. Like, one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the, the good part, which will not be taken from her. And I don't know about you guys, but, um, you know, there's going to be critics that probably come into your life or that already have that say, like, why do you go to so many prayer meetings? Why do you go to church? Why do you read the word? Why do you, like, pray and really want to seek after God? Isn't that you're being a little too intense, a little too extreme? I know I've had people tell me that before. You're just going too hard after God. Like, you need to tone it down. And the biggest critic, though, is probably going to be yourself. You're going to, I know many times I go to God and just reading the word or just my devotional time. And I'm just like, is this really matter? Is this really making an impact? Is this really important? But you know what? It is. And we got to believe it. We got to trust that there's things that are happening in the spiritual realm that is taking place when we pray, when we press in, there's stuff that's happening on the inside that we can't necessarily see. And it is worth it every time when we go to God. And we have to declare the same thing that Jesus declared over that spirit of accusation, over, over Mary. She, he had her back, and, he, and what did he declare? He said, one thing is needed. Mary has chosen a good part which will not be taken away from her. So when we find ourselves crit- criticizing ourselves or maybe saying, is this unimportant? We need to speak over ourselves that one, this one thing is needed and it will not be taken away from me in the name of Jesus. Like I will, by the grace of God, get up and seek the Lord, you know, make him a priority. Yes, there's lots of stuff that can do around the house, but by the grace of God, I'm going to get up. I'm going to seek God because this is the one thing that is important, that is necessary in our lives. And it will not be taken away from us by the grace of God because he can help us. I just remember a while back, the Lord gave me a dream. Um, in the dream, he, it was just very vague, but like the concepts were very clear. So in the dream, I just remember him emphasizing the importance of giving Jesus my time. And I woke up from that dream, like understanding that Jesus really thinks like well, the way we, we interpret giving, we interpret it like giving of our finances but I just knew he was, he was like saying, if fi- giving finance is really important, it's really amazing, but giving me m- your time is necessary. It is essential in your life. And so, you know, we think of a surrend- like an extravagant life. We think of people who give big, 
Give God of your time, like give big, you know, to the Lord of your time, your energy, your talents. Yes, your money too. Like let's live lives of extravagance and surrender. All right, I'm going to share with you guys a couple, um, couple things here. So, why is devotion important, especially in this day and age? Okay, these are just two simple, but yet profound um, and true statements, okay? So devotional is important, number one, because it changes us, okay? It releases transformation on the inside. So devotion, it keeps our hearts soft, and it keeps us from bitterness and offense and unforgiveness. You know, in the last days, it says that um, the hearts of many are going to grow cold. People are going to betray one another. There's going to be offense that is going to be on the rise, and when we have a relationship with Jesus and when we go to him, he's the, he's the God that can help our hard hearts and soften us. I know I have definitely struggled with letting you know unforgiveness or bitterness and offense creep into my heart. And I've had to go to God and seriously just be like, God, I, can, like, I cannot allow bitterness to creep in right now. Like I cannot allow my heart to have unforgiveness and offense right now. Like, please like take this away. Help me to forgive. Help me to be free of this because the enemy wants to so put a foothold in our lives and he will do that through the spirit of offense, bitterness, unforgiveness. And so let's go to God and take those issues in our hearts seriously and just cry out to him. Like he's the one that can transform us on the inside He's the one that can make us take the, take the ashes and give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Like He is the one that can supernaturally transform our hearts and um, give us a, a soft heart for a hard heart. So he changes us through, um, through just devotion. And I wanted to also highlight Revelation chapter 3. If you guys want to turn there, feel free. I'm going to read to you guys starting in verse 14. And I was reading some notes from Mike Bickle the other day, and this just stuck out to me. So I'm going to um, kind of share with you some of the things that the Lord is highlighting through that, um, you know, to you guys. So Revelation 3:14 says, and, and Curtis, um, we were just talking about this. <laughs> you'll see, you'll see in a minute. <laughs> okay. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were not, you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. <laughs> because you say I am rich, I have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the sh shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with isab, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to him, I will grant to sit with me, on my throne, and as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay, so Jesus, from this passage right here, 
Jesus will rescue us from spiritual dullness by dining with us. That was an insight that I read. That was like, oh, that's so good. Because this, you know, Jesus promised this church of Laodicea, who was lukewarm, that he was going to deliver them from apathy and from spiritual dullness if they truly repented, if they bought gold, and then he was going to, he was going to promise like, hey, you're going to dine with me and going to have, I mean, this is awesome. Like he's going to stand, he stands at the door and knocks and he wants us to open our hearts and to have intimacy that dining with him is intimacy. It's true fellowship. He required that they repent of spiritual lukewarmness and promise to give them gold and to dine with him. So inviting Jesus into our hearts and, and having that relationship with him and devotion, that is what will protect us from that spiritual dullness and apathy. And the thing about the church of Laodicea, they didn't even know that they were spiritually dull. They didn't know that. And sometimes we need the Lord to be like, hey, like you are, you need to wake up a little bit and, um, and hey, like, but but if you just repent and I will come in and I will, I will have deeper fellowship with you. So we need to, we need to receive the Lord's just, um, his desire to like come in for us to open that door to, for us to take that step of intimacy and like, just open that door of our hearts and say, yes, God, come in. Even, even when he says like, I, as many as I love or rebuke and chasten, even opening that door of your heart to any kind of correction that he might share with you, even, even like that, that correction, I believe, could, is also a gateway to greater intimacy with him. Also, guys, just when we get into the word and prayer, you know, faith is released. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And really, de- devotion releases that faith over fear, which is really what we need in this hour. It's that faith over fear. Okay, so number two, devotion um, changes not just us, us, but it changes others in the world. I told you it was pretty simple and forthright. But we, you know, when we have a devotional life, we will live differently, we will talk differently, we will process internally things differently and believe for stuff differently that only God can help us to believe for. We will pray differently and um, like we can inspire others around us to surrender their lives to Christ. Like we can be greater witnesses for him. And so really having that devotional life, like just will just spill up from our own hearts and impact the lives around us. And you guys probably don't even see it, but your lives, if you are true believers, in the Lord, like your lives are impacting others around you to go for the Lord or just to, you know, they might notice your kindness and your, and they might just say, Hey, you know, like Renee is just so kind. Like I want to know the God that she knows. And so just never underestimate just the power of just being with Jesus and what just is kind of spilling out from your own life because you're with him in intimacy. I think of King David um, you know, he was one of the examples of how to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Just the way he lived was evidence that he had a, a deep devotional life. Obviously, he was the one that fought Goliath, and he believed that the God inside of him was way bigger than the giant that he was facing, than Goliath himself. I read this quote says, focus on giants, you stumble. Focus on God, your giants tumble. Yeah. <laughs> So David trusted God in the, in the years where people were running after him, wanting to kill him. And um, a lot of the Psalms come from that, that time where he was just being sought after. And, um, 
you know, the whole book of Psalms and then and then first and second Samuel also comes comes from just his devotional life, and you can see how he lived and the way he walked and um, his str- struggles and his victories, and um, and it's just you know it's inspiring and it's also it's also reassuring that you know even though he falls and he sins he gets back up, and God still says you're a man after my own heart, so that's always reassuring, you know. And he took a group of men who were in distress and discontented and in debt and he turned them into mighty men. So he his his life was impacting those around him and he inspired, you know, Israel to stand up to their enemies, you know, once when Goliath fell. So he was an inspiration and just his faith and his trust in God that the Lord of hosts is on my side. And he just had a true reverence for authority and for, you know, King Saul and just knowing that God had put him into position and he was going to honor that man and like, and bless him until the day that Saul died, you know, and just the fact that like how, how just reverent he was and just know, like he just believed deep in his heart that God would work everything out and he would become, you know, king someday. And, uh, and he was just, he just trusted God. He trusted the process, the process of the pain he had to endure, all the, the trials he went through. He trusted the Lord. And that just inspires me to trust God and what's going on around the world. And just in my own life, you know, and uh, Psalm 23 says that he fills our cup to overflowing so we can fill, so we can overflow to others also and be the light of the world that he wants us to be. All right, so intimacy with God is one of the most powerful weapons of spiritual warfare because really the enemy is afraid of a confident believer who has a deep relationship with God. All right, so I'm gonna share a little story here. Um, Back when I was a freshman at ICC, um, I went to a Chi Alpha group. This was a Christian campus organization and... um, this was before, this was like when I, I was a believer, but I really wasn't like serious about God. So anyway, I, um, I got invited to this Chi Alpha group and the pastor was out of town for that week. And so there was a special preacher and that preacher was very cute. <laughs> wink, wink. Okay. Guess who it was? <laughs> okay. So, um, Derek was a preacher at that time. He was just like a you know kid in college, but he was going to share something, and I was like, "Oh, he's really cute." And then the message he shared really did change my life, and so really like he was speaking kind of into his his destiny or his future, you know. Anyway, so I'll show you share with you guys what he shared about, but he shared just a very simple but like inspiring, inspiring, profound message that I just needed to hear, and it was simply. An hour of day with Jesus, spending an hour a day with Jesus will change your life. And I was like, I want my life to be changed, you know? And I was, you know, at that point in my life, a lot of my friends went to college. I was feeling kind of lonely and I was feeling like a desire to like have more of a relationship with the Lord, but I never met anyone that spent more than like maybe five or 10 minutes with God, like an hour. Like that is unheard of. Like who are you people like that you actually... Like, they were just really friendly people. They just were passionate about Jesus. And, and then Derek gets up there and says, spend an hour a day with the Lord. I'm like, what? Like, is that even possible? But I was like, I'm going to try it. Like, I, I was at the point in my life where I just was, I wanted change. I wanted to grow in my relationship with him. And so I began just to walk that out. 
and just spending an hour a day with Jesus, and it just radically transformed my life. And I was, and I'm just so grateful for that, for that encouragement. Now, you might not have an hour. Like, I'm not saying everyone is called to an hour a day. If you want, you can do an hour, two, three, whatever you want. But um, just even spending just 15 minutes a day really changes you. Like, 15 or 30 minutes. I just encourage you guys, like, let's, like, go to God and just say, like, Lord, make your intentions know to God. Like, I want to, you know, just say, like, I want to grow in this. Like, I want to um, grow in my devotional life. Like, what's the time or how long do you want me to spend with you or what's the goal that you want me to to do and obviously you're not going to do it perfectly but just like making your intentions known to the lord and he might give you like hey 30 minutes like let's let's do this together and it really will it will change your life it will change others around you i just remember like feeling once when i started doing that i just the lord just began to like make me fall in love with the word of God. Like I've never read the word like that before. And I just, I mean, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces our hearts. And it was changing me. I was like, oh, I've got this an issue, this one, you know, and like the Lord was just helping me process all this stuff that I went through like in the past and understanding him. Like I just, my, my perspective of God just radically shifted. And so, you know, I, I encourage you guys to make your intentions known to the Lord. Maybe ask a friend to hold you accountable. Um, there's this little phrase that I hop that they say re- regarding just when you study the word, read it, write it, sing it, pray it, spray it. Oh, I love that. So when you guys go to God, do those, do those things. And I love especially the spray it part because I feel like when we are able to spray or share what we have learned, it goes down deeper inside of us. All right, so I'm going to just wrap up this message. Um, this, if you have any insights, I'll let you come up and share. <laughs> I don't got anything else to say. <laughs> um, okay, so my encouragement to you guys is just let's go to God and just say, Lord, like, how shall we live? If the things that are going to happen in Revelation are really true, like, how then shall we live? And are there are there things in my life that I need to let go of that are hindering my relationship with you? Are there idols that I need to let go of? You know, God, am I being a good steward of the time that you have given me? You know, maybe just saying, instead of doing 30 minutes on social media, just say, maybe I'll just do 30 minutes with the Lord. And um, just asking God's like, you know, if you think that's a lot of time, just asking God, like, what are something that I can give up so that I can prioritize my, my relationship with you? And I am preaching this to myself as much as you guys, because I know that there are, especially as a season of motherhood, it's not always consistent, my quiet time. And I'm, I'm uh, spending time with the Lord while I'm doing dishes or taking the kids to and from school. And so um, just even that's radical to you guys, just really purposing, okay, my drive time there and back to school and back or whatever is with the Lord. Like that's powerful too. Anyways, and just ask God, like, Lord, like give me eyes of faith to really um, see what you see in me and to give me a faith for the future. Cause you guys are all mighty in the kingdom. God has such powerful plans for your lives and just even going to God and just asking the Lord for a greater insight and in how he wants to use you personally is, is powerful. And then just asking God, like, do I really believe that one thing is needed? This one thing that you have, you shared in the word of God to be with Jesus and to spend time with him. Do I really believe that? And if not, like help me really buy into that. Give me verses to believe and to declare and, you know, over, over that. And like, help me to see 
like spiritually what happens you know inside or inside of me or in the spiritual realm when we do like decide to really pursue the lord so that is my message um, I thought we could gather up here and just pray. We can pray for one another and we can pray into this message or whatever's on your heart, you guys. Thanks for listening. I'm, I will go ahead and pr- I'll close. I will actually close in prayer. That'd be a good thing. It's a spiritual thing to do, right? <laughs> All right. So Jesus, I just, I just thank you, God, for who you are. And I thank you for your deep desire that we would be with you where you are. And we ask that you would help us in this day, in this age, that we would say yes to you. We would say yes to that call that you're putting on our hearts to spending time with you, to spending even um, a little more time here and there, and to being intentional in our relationship with you, God. Would you would you give us grace to go hard after you, that we would um, really just be mighty in the kingdom, and we would believe in in the power of just spending time and with with you, Jesus. We just thank you, God, for intimacy. We thank you that that you are God that reveals deep things in your heart. And we just pray that you would reveal more of your heart to us and and how you want to use us, God, in the future and that that you would use us, God, just to pray and to press into you, that we'd be faithful not just for one or two years, but for decade after decade, God, that we would grow in our faithfulness to you, Father. We just thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.